weather is the international best-selling author of Rich Dad Poor Dad or the co-founder of Match.com or the host of the MSNBC show Your Business they all have one thing in common they are some of the many guests that want you to reach the finish line your host is Callan Diggs welcome hello listeners before we get into today's episode, I just want to let you know about my new Goodreads book giveaway. I recently published a book called Reaching the Finish Line, How to Thrive in the Generation Y Era, and I'm giving away 100 free copies, and I want you to be among the first to have it. If you want to check it out, go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash podcast, and on the episode page 117 is where you can find a link. Or you can simply go to Google and type in gurries.com reaching the finish line giveaway. Currently, you have a 100% chance of getting a free copy if you enter now. So enter now and allow this book to help you reach the finish line. And welcome. Today I'm delighted to have Jesse Tevelo. Jesse has written multiple books, including Connect the Connection Algorithm. And his latest book, Authorpreneur. It's a book about kind of diving into the intersection of writing and entrepreneurship. And I'm very happy to have him with us as we go through on how can authors make a full-time living off their writing and expanding into courses and online products and these other things. Very, very happy to have him with us. Jesse, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. Jesse, let's go back in time. Where did it start? You know, sometimes people become entrepreneurs because maybe their fa- maybe their parents were entrepreneurs. Maybe maybe they were under uh, they was very privileged to be uh, in a good support group with other like minded people. You know, where where did it start for you? You know, were your parents entrepreneurs? I wouldn't say that, no. Uh, you know, it's it's a tough question for me because I don't have something I can specifically point to. But the way it happened for me was, in I, and I sort of tell this story in my first book, The Connection Algorithm, but I, I went to the University of Michigan. I loved my college experience. I didn't know, like many people, what I wanted to do, right? And so I'm going through college trying to figure it out. I actually studied architecture for most of my college career. Mm. I still love architecture to this day, but it wasn't something that that I ended up wanting to do. And I remember crying like in my, in my room uh, at college being like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Cause I switched out of architecture. I think at, I'm pretty sure it was my end of my junior year into my senior year. So I'm like at the tail end of my college career, trying to figure out, you know, jumping out of one major, I ended up going into sociology and studying and having a sub concentration in business and economics. And so I basically studied as many, I was like, I had the most full schedule as a senior, I think possible. I'm um, trying to study stuff about business because I just felt like I wanted to create my own thing. I wanted to work at a startup and, and build my own startup. I don't know where that came from. It was just like a realization that I had one day in college. And so after school, I tried to get let, my let, hands. Let's stop right oh, yeah, there. Yeah, let's stop right there sure. actually, you know, because uh, one thing I, I, I'm always curious about is whether college was the entrepreneur's choice or was it something that kind of parents pushed their their children into? Because uh, you know, I, I talked to previous guests in the past, 
And uh, for 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 someone to guess, it was like their parents were very, uh, you know, were, were very clear that they're going to college whether they like it or not. <laughs> and then other parents, you know, kind of kind of were very supportive and say, you know, son, you know, whatever you do, you know, whatever you want to do in life, we'll still support you. Kind of where did you fall? Were your parents supportive, or were your parents is like you're going to go whether you like it or not? <laughs> they they were very supportive, very supportive. So, you know, when I did that, when I moved out of architecture, you know, they didn't freak out. They're like, just just follow your gut, do what you want to do. And, and yeah, so they've been supportive no matter what, no matter what decision I make. And I think that that's actually critical. As an entrepreneur, you got to find people who believe in you. Sometimes it's your parents. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's friends or, or folks who are already entrepreneurs. But you have to find that that group that's going to gonna carry the flag for you when it even when it feels like you're not sure where you're walking to um and so yeah they they were i mean i I definitely uh would say a lot of my success and my path was was allowed by my parents willingness to just let me go and just let me do it and do what i wanted to do and and you say Uh, you study at the university of michigan Uh, was you was you also born and raised there no, I grew up in Maryland, so oh, okay. that I, I also talk about that a little bit in the book too, in, in the, my first book because that was a big jump for me. So that was, I say that was almost my first entrepreneurial experiment or entrepreneurial move was like taking that risk of going to a school that was far away. I didn't know anyone there, but I just you know I had a school visit for, uh, there and I I loved the vibe, and I just I took a chance, you know, and and that you know college for me was amazing from the standpoint of the connections I've made. So my, my business partner now I met at Michigan and I have a lot of connections there. And so, you know, it's huge. And I think that's the real benefit is the relationships you make when you're in ecosystems like that. What initially developed your love for architecture? Man, you're asking me tough questions, man. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. It's like these things just come at you, you know? It's like, yeah. have you ever just, you know, like, I don't know if it's, you know, genetics or some past, like, knowledge from a pr- some primitive instinct in my brain or what. Like, it wasn't anything specific. You know, I didn't have anyone in the family that I knew it was an architect or anything. I think there is some, there is some evidence in my family family of creativity right and so i was always a creative person and i think architecture just for me at that time you know i used to draw like mock-ups of houses and landscapes from like the top view down as when i was like 10 years old i, I have no idea it just kind of kind of came to me i see cool that's cool and you said um you said then you eventually switched over to sociology sociology is that's was that the major you eventually graduated with a degree in yeah, so I ended up graduate. So I didn't have time really. I was paying my own way through school, so I didn't really have time to backtrack and then go into the business program. And so I thought, how can I get the knowledge, the best knowledge possible, uh, to help me do a startup and learn a learn at least the basic things I need to know to get up and running. And I felt like I, what I I I remember going through all the options, literally like paging through the course book right at, at Michigan and I just came across sociology as a degree that would would relate and the subconcentrations 
uh, of business and economics, which basically means I could take some intro level, you know, econ courses and and business courses. I know it was a it was a marketing course that I took from the business school that was really cool. So I kind of just like squeezed my way in, and I remember. I was getting interviewed for like the big management consulting firms and stuff. I was like going out on because I was just in those business courses and I hang around the B school. Right. And like my, my friends and my business partner, they've got those BBAs. But like I was just kind of like fake it till you make it. Right. And just sort of get in there. And it was it was helpful. You know, I, I didn't I didn't get uh, those positions at the management companies. I remember flying around the country and sitting in these big buildings in Chicago talking to execs. And at that point, it was like, all right, you don't, you're not really versed in this business stuff, right? So it, that that was tough. Like I got I got rejected on those things, but it allowed me to at least get my get my feet wet. And then I jumped into more startup type opportunities out of school. And then you know now I I have you know over a decade of entrepreneurship under my belt and have done amazing things. So if you're listening to this and you're not sure where you're going, you know let that be a lesson that you're going to have ups and downs like that and speed bumps. But if you put yourself out there and you take chances and you just keep digging into the place that interests you, uh, good things will end up happening eventually. And that, that leads me to my next thing. Uh, I think you kind of hint at it, but just to get clarification, you know, would you say your college degree was instrumental to your success? Absolutely not. <laughs> mm. I think the, relationships and the decisions I made were instrumental. I think that, you know, I make the argument that I've written articles about this, that I think college and university degree is somewhat of a commodity these days. Um, and I'm not saying that school, that going to a, a higher level uh, school or getting a higher level education is bad by any means. It's great. But I think that in terms of that degree, it's it's a commodity. Like, mm-hmm. Unless you're going to be, uh, you know, doing a PhD and you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something where you need that paper to to get into those those roles. Mm-hmm. I think that the real benefit of college comes from being around awesome people. Right. It's mm-hmm. a filter. It's like if you're if I'm if I'm walking around the campus at University of Michigan, there's a good chance I'm going to bump into some awesome people, you know, yeah. and that's what hap- that's what happened. So it's about leveraging the resources that are in front of you. Um, you know, people, professors, faculty, resources, right, information, the library, like all the stuff that, that you can get access to by just being there. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's about being in the room, being at the table, being at the right place at the right time. So that's where I think the real value comes from, not from not from the degree. Like there's so many people have a degree in a degree in X, but they're doing Y. Right. It's like exactly that's 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 less and less important these days. I, I uh, absolutely agree. Uh, so at what point uh, did you write your first book, and where were you? You know, were you uh, still in were still in college, or did you graduate? And what kind of inspired you to write your first book? Yeah, so no, I was I was out of school. Um, I had already spent uh, the better half of a decade on my first startup, which was a game company, and so I'd been through a lot of entrepreneurial activity at that point. Been through a lot of ups and downs. Um, built, you know, built helped build a company that got into the millions of dollars. And I was transitioning. I was um, transitioning out of that company and into a new uh, phase of my life. I was about 30 at the time, and it was an opportunity for me to to reinvent myself, to figure out what I wanted to do. And I'd always been curious about writing and writing a book. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I was speaking to. I had a phone call with one of my advisors and mentors who had helped with my initial with my first company. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, look, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about writing this book. I told him the concept and he was just like, I love it. 
I love it. You should do it. And that was it. It was like a just like a 30 second phone call and it just set me down that path. Uh, he was actually putting together a publishing company at the time and said, hey, if you want to publish with us, you can. That company actually ended up folding the publishing company. So then I self-published. And so it like it all just it typically this is what happens. Things unfold in ways that you can't foresee. But if it sends you as long as you start going down a certain path, you learn and you figure it out. Do you want to reach the finish line? Of course you do. But one objection you may have is I don't have the time. One thing I've always suggested is outsourcing. And thankfully, now you can do so on the budget. Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for services starting at $5. The wide range of services include logo design, photography, copywriting, voiceovers, video editing, and much more. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and click on the link on the episode page. And let Fiverr be the resource to help you reach the finish line. Indeed, and that was the connection algorithm, right? Right. Let's talk about the connection algorithm and the purpose that you was trying to give to help your readers. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the connection algorithm. You know, that was my first book, and and like I said, it was it was leading up to this new phase of my life, and I wanted to describe to people the value of taking risks, Mm -hmm. right? And the value of me taking that chance and going to a school that was far away. Mm -hmm. The value of me jumping into entrepreneurship and starting my own company, right, with no no background, no expertise in how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through the first class of Techstars in 2007. That was a huge risk. Techstars is an incubator, mm, accelerator yeah. company, if you're not familiar with very it. And, and, yeah, and so we jumped into that, you know, and it was very early on. Techstars was not proven at the time. And so oh, I wanted I to explain to people that, like, you have to look for these trends, look for the wave that has not crested yet, and get on that wave and take those take those risks. And you'll, you're almost inevitably you're going to land on a higher plateau than where you started off even if you fall down even if you fail because you're jumping up the ladder and you're experimenting in a way that's not linear and so you don't get stuck in line trying to just go through the motions in life instead you you have ups and downs but you end up on a higher plateau and so and my belief is that if you do that and you try to create something of value as you're as you're pushing through and trying to wade through you know, and try to navigate this world, uh, you're gonna, if you're creating something, you're gonna, that's when you can start making connections. I think a lot of people have it backwards and they try to just, they feel like they need to connect with amazing people. Hey, Oprah, like, do you want to be my friend? She's like, no, I don't want to be your friend. I don't know you or anything you do or what you're about. So if you create the, if you do the work beforehand, then the relationships start forming organically. And, and that's really the, that's really the algorithm that I talk about in the connection algorithm. You said writing a book is the new PhD. Can you, can you um, explain that? Sure, yeah. I mean, it's what I talked about a little bit before earlier in, this, in the interview is how the, uh, a college degree is becoming a commodity, right? And so it's, we're in this world now where if you're going to be in the middle class or, or higher, uh, chances are you're going to need to have some, some form of higher education and so more and more people are going through this, the college system, right? Whether it's a uh, community college or a public school or a private school. And so those those degrees are just becoming more commoditized. And right. so we're in this situation where y- you got to ask yourself, how do I differentiate myself in this world, right? And it's getting tougher from a global perspective as well because you have you have technology and you have uh, work that's being shipped overseas. You know, there's, there's a good chance there's someone over in 
in India or India or somewhere else that can do the same job that you can for a cheaper rate. Right. So how do you begin to form a story around yourself that gives you that edge? And in my opinion, a book is one of the strongest assets that you can possess to create that edge. And that's why I say a book is the new PhD. A book like the four hour work week, someone can say that could be equivalent to a PhD regarding productivity. But let's say you're a first time author and let's say that book doesn't have the same impact as a four hour work week or as the tipping point or as a lot of these books that are very well known in multiple countries. Do you still think a, a, a soul book, despite with all, despite with, with, uh, without all of that uh, social proof, do you think, do you still think it's the equivalent to a PhD? Well, I mean, this is literally what my company does at Launch Team. So we're a marketing company that helps people launch amazing books that are going to become number one, number one bestsellers and establish your brand and establish your platform and give you the business and the lifestyle that you that you deserve and that you're looking for. So it's about uh, understanding how to do it, right? Like you can put out a, a book that's not professional and nothing's going to happen. Or you can put out a book in a way that that is professional and it's done correctly and it's launched strategically that's going to put you on that level right and maybe i you know maybe not the level of four hour work week but you know we've worked with some big names and we're, we're working with seven eight and even nine figure entrepreneurs in fact we launched the last book that brad wrote the guy i just mentioned who was my mentor and he's you know he's into the nine figures so you know and it goes up and down the ladder. So we've also worked with people who are first-time entrepreneurs and people who are, you know, up and coming. And so it's about doing it correctly, and that's that's hard to do. I'm not going to lie, but you know, and that's why we created my company, Launch Team, to help people through that process. But you know, in entrepreneur, what I'm really trying to explain to people is that we're in the best the best possible uh, environment, you know, that the world has ever seen for people like you and me and anyone listening to do that and to do it effectively. All the gatekeepers are gone. When you say number one bestseller, I mean, there is such a multitude of bestseller lists. You have Amazon, you have Kobo, you have the Wall Street Journal, you have the New York Times, USA Today. When, you, you know, when you're helping these authors become uh, number one bestseller, which list are you commonly referring to? I'm talking about uh, Amazon number one bestseller, and I'm talking about in a relevant category, and I'm also talking about selling, you know, there, there's, you can become a bestseller by selling whatever, a few copies in some, um, some esoteric category, but I'm talking about topping the ranks in major categories and selling hundreds or thousands of copies of your book and typically having 20, 50, or even a hundred plus reviews, uh, very quickly after your launch. And, you know, with, with authorpreneur, uh, using those same systems that we use with all of our clients, I had over 100 reviews in the first week of uh, launching the book, and that's that's all done strategically. So when you talk about bestseller lists, it's that's another interesting area that's that's changing, and that's I talk about that in the book, and I, I've spoken about it a number of times, and it's it's interesting because I'm I'm definitely not against the big lists and doing a traditional publishing route and. We've talked to a lot of folks who have done that, and I might do that eventually. But there's also now this other side of the coin where if you can establish yourself as a very successful writer on a platform like Amazon, which is the largest platform for selling books, period, by a mile, um, that says something. And you see a lot of these books getting picked up either by traditional publishers or 
hybrid publisher arrangements where you have an author who's doing well on Amazon. And so you have to ask yourself, why, what, are you, what are you aiming for? And we talk about that all the time with Launch Team, and I mentioned this in the book, Authorpreneur. You have to be clear on your goal. Like, do you just want that stamp that says, I'm a New York Times bestseller? Some people do, and that's fine. A lot of people, that's not going to be beneficial for you, or it's not realistic for you to even do that at the point that you're at in your career. So, you know, you have to really look at that strategically. The fact that there is a book being published every 30 seconds uh, you stated that a published book will elevate your personal brand and marketing. With so much books out there, it becomes hard for people to get noticed. You know, so do you still believe a published book can elevate a person's brand? And what are some things you specifically do to help your author stand out? Yeah, so the answer is absolutely 100%. Again, that's what our company is predicated on. It's the power of a book and how it can really be the centerpiece the centerpiece of your brand and your business, uh, everything that you're doing, essentially, it can, it can literally be the fulcrum or the focus point. And we've seen this and done this with multiple clients very successfully. So the, the way that you do that is you have a strategic approach to your launch. And this is, this is what we teach at launch team. And it's a really about forming that platform. We do this strategically with growing a launch team. That's the, the name of the company. And so that's it's sometimes it's called a street team uh, or, a, or, you know, in our case, we call it a launch team. But we get a group of people together who are interested about the book long before the book actually hits the uh, the, the, the public um, mainstream audience. Right. And so we usually build people up in a group. We historically have done this through Facebook, so we'll create a Facebook group and really get people interested in the the concept of the book. Mm-hmm. And not just the book, but what the author's about and what they're planning to do with the book. Like what what how is it going to interact with their life and the the life the lives of the eventual audience members, okay? And so then we get those people involved all the way from figuring out sometimes to the level of the content of the book itself, helping figure out what's the positioning or angle of it, um, giving advice on what they think about the cover or the content, the tone, and it varies per project, right? But we basically mobilize these folks to get really excited about it. And then we we give them perks and and really involve them in the process. Sometimes there's, you know, you get one-on-one time with the author or maybe there's some giveaway giveaway prizes. We, we let people know what our marketing plan is going to be and help them uh, if they want to share things out as part of the process. We give them early copies of the book. So it's it's very, very strategic and very tactile and planned out um, in advance so that when the book actually launches, there's already an established audience. And you already know as an author, you're going to get sales immediately. You're going to have reviews immediately. And so right out of the gate you're going to you're going to be able to compete and out compete 99% of all the other books on the platform cuz guess what they're not doing that they're not putting in the time and the work and the effort to do it um, you know it's easy to have an idea it's easy to 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 get a book uh, written you know some people have trouble even with that part and it's i we we talk about that a lot with launch team but the the really the hardest part if i'm being honest is all the marketing, and then once the book is actually launched, it's not the end. It's actually the beginning of of the project. Oh yeah, that's one thing. Uh, my first publisher, uh, uh, you know, that I had, uh, that, that was exactly what he told me. He says, yeah. uh, once you finish writing the book, that's just the beginning. <laughs> yep. 
Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was it was actually because uh, my deal with Morgan James Publishing was uh, I was a first time author, so I never published a book prior. I, I didn't know what to expect. I was just happy that I had a book deal. I was very <laughs> naive. I kind of thought like what everyone else thought. I got a book deal. I write a book. The publisher is going to do most of the work. And, you know, I, it's, 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 it's going to be raining dollars, you know, and uh, fortunately, uh, it was definitely a wake up call. But uh, with a lot of catch up, uh, I still got the book to be uh, a bestseller. Stated that, you know, writing a book can turn into a six, seven or even eight figure business. If you could paint a picture for the audience, what exactly does that look like? Yeah, sure. I mean, the easiest way for me to do that is to just tell my own story about it. And I can also probably sprinkle in some of our other clients and what, you know, what they're doing. But from my end, you know, I started with my first book, The Connection Algorithm. I wrote another book called Hustle, which was really a test for me about how fast I could write a book successfully and still have a number one bestseller and still sell thousands of copies. And that book did really well and sold even more copies than The Connection Algorithm uh, to date. And so I was really figuring out the industry by doing that and started to learn about marketing specifically as it relates to the publishing world. And then my third book now has just come out as, as Authorpreneur. And in between Hustle and Authorpreneur, it was about, I think it's been about two years. During that time, I built Launch Team with my partner, Simon, with my business partner. And so we we saw something in, you know, we saw an opportunity to take what I was writing about, right, which was started off conceptually and then started to get more and more refined as I put together my second book, as I started to learn more about the market, more about the topics I was writing about. And I found a business opportunity that fit into that message, right? And so if you can do that, if you can write a book on a topic, and this can work, by the way, for fiction and nonfiction. It's, it's very easy with nonfiction, obviously. It's pretty clear to see the path of what you're writing about in terms of a topic and how that can relate to a business. Uh, but you can do it from a fictional standpoint, too, with storytelling or multiple storylines that are a part of a broader arc. There could be multiple books, and maybe there's other products or services around the characters in those books. So if you're a fiction writer, don't, uh, don't just assume that this, is, this only works for nonfiction. It can work for everyone. Um, but you got to find how it's going to relate to a business, a service, a product that exists outside of just the book itself. And then you can start building that. And you use the book as the core. You use the book as marketing, right? It's like connection algorithm, hustle, and obviously entrepreneur all relate to the things that we teach in the marketing space with my company, Launch Team. And so Launch Team has grown very quickly into a six-figure business. And now on the back of that, we are actually doing – uh, you know, seven figure deals and more. And uh, I know, <laughs> Callum, we were talking beforehand about some of the other projects I have going on, and we're not going to get into that today. But I mean, the stuff I'm doing now is pushing it to a whole whole other level. Mm -hmm. And it all stemmed from my writing, right? And from my books. Yeah. So that that paints a picture. Real quick, we have another client who I'll just mention quickly and do a little shout out to Bree Seely, who's an incredibly uh, inspirational woman who's putting together uh, really great material for in inspired women who want to really take their lives to the next level. And she wrote a book called Permission to Leap, and we helped her launch that book, and it's been doing extremely well. And she's tying that into her entire brand and business and kind of on that same track. So it's it's very possible, it's replicable, and we've, we've seen it a number of times. On average, for the 
uh, clients you help become number one bestsellers, how long do they typically stay at number one, probably in that specific category? Would you say it's days? <laughs> Would you say it's weeks? That's a perfect transition right from what I was mentioning with Bree. So she actually literally just gave us a, a testimonial video. I'm not sure if we're going to put it up uh, publicly or not, but it was really sweet. And she's talking about it uh, and how she's still number one. And we launched her out over a month ago. So, yeah, it can really it can it depends on it's it, all of this is strategic. Mm -hmm. It depends on a number of factors. It's not like, OK, if I write a book and it's good and I put it out like everything will just be good and it'll work and it'll just be number one forever and just going to stay on the number one list just like the four hour work we did for 10 years. Like, no, that's not, that's not how this works. Like you have to work at it. You have to do strategic marketing campaigns throughout after you launch, you have to play with your pricing. That's going to be in line with your market and the content you're offering. Right? Like, I mean, I, I strategically keep my books priced very low because I know they're going to be a loss leader. Meaning I'm not trying to make profit off my books. I'm trying to get reviews and high rankings and get into conversations with potential clients and awesome partners. So it it's all very, depends on what you want. It's very interesting because many authors, they have different paths. Like one path, as you just stated, is that you don't uh, rely solely of your books making your main income. But there's other people who are career authors, and that's what they do. They, uh, but but they don't they, they don't discount their their books as much as maybe someone uh, who, who who don't care as much about book sales. But you know, as a, people who are career authors and who intend to make their full time living off of it, they don't uh, they, they don't discount their books as much. Uh, uh, I uh, Ryan Holiday uh, kind of talked about and where basically kind of just creating a chain of books and where it's not so much about uh, making every book a bestseller, but essentially it's writing a collection of books. And eventually uh, when people like your first book, they go back, they, they, they go back to your other books. And over time, that passive income grows and continues to grow so it's, it's interesting kind of everybody everyone has their own strategy of how to how they approach writing a book and as you stated you know you have to ask yourself what what are your intentions what do you hope to get out of it in the future so, absolutely yeah yeah look at look at someone like steve scott he's a good buddy of mine and he just turns out these books that that, that dude's making like multi six or seven figures just from his books alone and then you know so he's he's doing that you know other people write write fewer books it it all depends it's all you know there are many many different approaches and there's a number of them that can all work it just depends on how you want to play it indeed as we come to a close Jesse if people want to follow you if they want to get in contact with you how can they do that best place to go is just my personal website which is jtev.me so jtev.me, and that's where you can find all my work that I'm doing. You can find my books and everything else I got going on. Great. Jesse, thanks for being our guest. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs. If you haven't already, purchase the book, Reaching the Finish Line, at Reaching thefinishline.com Now it's time for you to start reaching your finish line. So what are you waiting for? Start 